Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. Hey, it's Chris Riley back here on Inside the Game, talking with Associate Head Coach Nick Carpenito from Northeastern University. This is brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. So, Nick, what made you come back to Northeastern? You had, you know, one year at Union. We just were talking in, in part one. Um, what wanted you to make come back uh, to come coach with the women's team? Yeah, I, honestly, I had such an incredible experience at Northeastern. And I, I felt like the school gave me so much as a person and as a coach. It was almost one of those things where I wanted to come back and, and repay it. You know, like when, when I was a club coach, um, you know, I said it earlier, I, I got pretty close with Coach Flint, who's the head coach at Northeastern now. Um, and he was an incredible resource. And, you know, same thing with the assistant coaches. They were, they were absolutely incredible resources for me. Um, and, you know, like I said, Coach Flint was actually the person that pushed me to start coaching. Um, and on the flip side, too, like Coach Madigan, who's the men's assistant coach, or the, I'm sorry, the men's head coach now, um, he was in the business office when I was a student. Um, but I also knew that he, he scouted worked. for he scouted for the Penguins. He scouted right. for a couple of teams. Yeah, right. So he, I found that out. And um, as soon as I found that out, I emailed him and I was like, I was in his office all the time, just asking him questions, picking his brain. And, um, you know, as a scout, one of the biggest things is player evaluation. So I, I was very green to that. And I just wanted to know what the process was. And um, he was incredible, incredibly helpful, uh, you know, with helping me out with that. And it was just one of those things where I was a student, like I was a club coach. I didn't, I didn't have like, they, they could have so easily said no, but they mm -hmm. didn't. So it was just one of those things that I, I loved my experience there. And I just wanted to get back and, and repay the debt that I felt that I, I owed them. Why did you choose to coach on the women's side? And, and what differences is it from coaching men and women? What, what do you see as a difference? Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I, I don't know if I... I don't know if I chose it as much as it chose me just based on how, how I got into it, but um, I can, I've never coached on the men's side, but I can tell you that, you know, right now I wouldn't go back just because the players are the players on the women's side. They're so hungry to learn all the time. They're, they're so grateful with all, I mean, women's hockey, even from the time that I started to, to now, like the resources available to those players are, are astronomical. And, you know, they're, they're so grateful for everything they get. And, um, you know, they, it's just, and I, I could be, you know, just fortunate to have coached incredible, incredible people throughout my career so far, but, um, you know, I, I couldn't give you a great answer for that just because I haven't coached on the men's side before. But what I can say is that based on, you know, what I'm hearing on the men's side, it's, it's a lot better to not have to deal with agents and, and players yeah. really early and stuff like that. You know? Yeah, so. I know. It's, it's, it's a whole different game today, you know, as, yeah. as opposed to when I was going to school in the 80s and, and you're going to school, you know, in a few years ago. Um, talk about um, you've had great success with the, with the women's program. Northeastern has always had a very consistent team for years. Mm -hmm. Talk about the success of, uh, and the chemistry that you guys have developed, you know, at Northeastern for women's hockey. Yeah. I mean, honestly, a lot of our chemistry comes from our leadership. Um, you know, we've had, when I first got here, you know, somebody that, that I think kind of kickstarted the, the, I guess, kickstarted the program realistically was Kendall Coyne. Um, mm -hmm. She was in, in, the year I got here was her first year back from the Olympics. And, um, you know, she, she was incredibly mature for her age. She was a phenomenal leader. And, you know, I think. Tremendous that, skater. 
tremendous skater. Like it's, it's unbelievable. I don't think I've ever seen anybody that fast before in my life. Um, but she, she was kind of like the initial snowball, I guess. And then one thing that's been great about our program is that our younger players are consistently learning from our leaders and they're taking the right lessons and moving on with them, you know, and obviously every leader is going to have their, their own little spin on things, but um, you know, it, it's very, very evident that it's just a continual snowball. And, you know, our, our leaders today, I see a lot of people like Kendall and I see a lot of people like Brittany Bogoski, who was, was one of our uh, other captains in the way they lead today. And, you know, they still put their own little, their own little spin on things, which, which I think is great. But do you think their, their, their legacies are still there in the program in the sense of character development that's been passed down from each year? You think it's still there that, Hey, you know, we've got to remember like when Kendall was here and she did this, this, and this, we got to keep doing that to be successful. Absolutely. hundred percent. I think um, their, their legacies absolutely live on. And, you know, I know that our captains right now talk to previous captains all the time and get it, get their advice on things. And, um, you know, I think it just goes to show that, um, you know, our, our players, their objective is to leave their jersey in a better place, which is something that we talk about. And, um, you know, they, they want to learn from past mistakes, but also learn from past successes as well, which I think is important for any program. What's a typical day like uh, or a typical week like for a young lady when she comes to Northeastern as a hockey player? Yeah. I mean, what, what, can, what can she expect when she steps on campus? I mean, every, everyone's experience is different. Sure. But I mean, you know, what is what are what do you guys hold for their standards and, and what do they have to do? And, you know, just kind of go over that. So, you know, lo- young ladies out there, uh, you know, in, in all sports are yeah. going to be looking at colleges, their athletes. You know, what, what are your expectations going in? Yeah, I mean, I think with this year being the exception and, you know, unless I don't <laughs> think is... in, in the next couple <laughs> of years we'll have to test for COVID three times a week. But, yeah, um, you know, a, a pretty typical start to the year would be, um, you know, a lot of our players actually come in over the, the we have two summer semesters, uh, the second one leading into the fall. So a lot of our incoming players will come in that second summer semester uh, just to kind of get their feet wet a little bit, get a couple of classes under their belt. Um, and then second week of September is usually when they start their captain's practice. And, um, you know, we can go on the ice with them a few times a week uh, within, within the NCAA regulations that's put in front of us. And then usually the last weekend of September, that's when we go full go. So, um, you know, once, once the season starts, typical day in the life would be, you know, go to classes in the morning, get some homework done, practice, and, um, you know, get, get stuff done after that. Um, right now, two days a week we're lifting. Um, but, I mean, you could expect once you get really into the thick of it, between video and between lifting and between, you know, practices, you can expect – pretty easily four to five hours um you're probably four hours in the rink something like that stress the importance of grades and and academics today it's so vital to the success you know a lot of kids that are really good athletes sometimes think yeah i don't need to study i don't need to do this like i you know my my athletics talent's going to carry me but talk about that character building you know academically what it does for you yeah, I mean, honestly, the the best way to limit your scope as to what schools you want to go to is to not get good grades. <laughs> you know, I think uh, I think athletics, athletic ability can only take you so far. But at the end of the day, you still get you still have to get into schools. You know, and and academic standards are getting better and better because students are getting better and better. So, um, you know, the the best way to have the most opportunities that you can possibly have is to make sure that you're maintaining 
good grades and, um, you know, hopefully doing well on those tests, on those board scores. Now, recruiting is a huge prop, you know, a huge prospect of everything. I mean, recruiting is really your lifeline to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about what you look for. Do you have like character traits you look for in a recruit to come to Northeastern? Is there a typical, not only Northeastern athlete, but student that you look to come to the school? Are you looking for a certain type of student to come to be in your school uh, to, to play hockey for you guys? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, as, as far as the students go, like we don't, when we recruit players, we don't want to recruit a player that we feel like is going to be in a bad spot academically because there's enough going on for us that we don't want to have to be breathing over people's, uh, you know, shoulder to make sure they're going to class, make sure they're doing their homework. So, you know, we want, we want quality students for sure. So we'll, we'll be able to vet that pretty easily within, uh, you know, talking to guidance counselors, seeing their transcripts, seeing their test scores um, and all, all that stuff. But, you know, as far as the on ice stuff, I think, you know, everybody, every division one school has their base, like skill set that they're looking for. So, you know, great skater, great shooter, great playmaker, um, you know, does good things off the puck, things like that. But, uh, you know, for me personally, one of the, one of the most important aspects of a player that I look for is um, compete level. And I think that you could have all the skill in the world, but if you're not willing to compete, you're not going to be able to have as much of an impact on the game. And, um, you know, I, I see sometimes I see third liners that don't have, um, you know, as much skill as a first line player, but compete so hard. They're always hunting pucks or, you know, first one, first one of the puck all over the ice that have a better impact on, you know, a kid that might have scored a goal early in the first period and then and then shut it down, you know. So um, players that play well in the defensive zone, too, I, I think that that's really important that defend well just because, you know, if you're if you're someone that scored 50 goals, but you're out there for 100, you know, that's, <laughs> that's not super helpful for your program. No. You know? So, um, I, I think that's really really important. And you know, another aspect. This is probably one of the most important ones for me. And it's not necessarily something you can see on the ice during games. Uh, it's something you can certainly see in practice, and and something you can certainly see, um, you know, or certainly learn when you're talking to coaches and whatnot is uh, intrinsic motivation. And, you know, I think that players that want to be better because they want to be better, not because there's external reward involved. Now, obviously, some external reward is good, but, you know, players that want to be better because they want to be better, like your Kendall Coins, like your Alina Mueller's, you know, like your, like your Aaron Frankel, Sky Fontaine. Um, those are the players that are doing the right things when the coaches aren't around, you know, and, and those are the players that are going to, set the example for the younger kids. Those are the, the players that are going to be able to carry other people's legacy because they want to, they want the program to be the best it can be, not because somebody else told them to, it's because that's the legacy that they want to leave. That's where I'm going to lead me to my next question. You guys have had tremendous success over the years with this program. I remember back when I was in school at Northeastern, they had a winning streak of over, I think it was 40 something wins without a yeah. loss. I mean, incredible program. And it doesn't get to do, that it really deserves. I mean, it's, it's truly remarkable what goes on, you know, in Matthew's arena there. Um, you've had great success. How hard is, to, is it to maintain that success? Is the climb harder or is the maintaining harder once you've achieved it? Yeah. I mean, I think they're both, they're both difficult in their own ways, you know, with, with the climb, um, you know, you just have to hope that 
A, you hit on, on some important recruits, or B, you see, you know, people out there see the, the steady incline that, that the program is going and they want to be a part of it. And I think, you know, for us, we're really fortunate. And I'm sure you, you could probably stay the same as I would, but, you know, even from when I graduated in 2011, the school's totally different. Oh, it's, <laughs> I mean, I, it's I, off the charts different for me yeah, when I go back. <laughs> I, I think if I applied to the school today, my application would burst into flames in the, in the, in the <laughs> admissions department. But, um, you know, I, I think what the school is doing academically and what the school is doing with, with the location that it's in um, is huge for us and was huge for us with that, with that climb, you know, because we continue to have more resources. We continue to have more amenities that a lot of others, a lot of other women's hockey programs don't have. And, um, you know, so I think the, the climb was very difficult. I think it was put in motion well before I got there with, with Coach Pellegrini and Coach Lundergan, uh, even Coach Witt. Um, so, you know, it's, it's very difficult. You just got to make sure that you're, you're hitting on the players that, that you're bringing in. And, you know, once you get, I don't want to say we're at the top by any means, because we haven't, you know, we haven't won the big prize yet, but. Um, well, you've won the bean pot. Yeah. You know, that's, 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 I'm telling you, and that's big the big, that's, that's for people who don't know, the bean pot is, you know, Northeastern, Harvard, Boston College and BU battle it out every February for the yeah. bean pot. It's the bragging rights to the city of Boston for college hockey. It's what there's four division one schools all within 20 minutes of each other. It's, un, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's an exciting, exciting tournament. Uh, especially this past year. Holy smokes. What a, what I mean, North, the men's team winning it three times and now you guys coming back and winning it again. And yeah. you know, it, it's great to see that. Um, is there a crossover between the men's program and your program on, on like ideas, drills, you know, do you guys have discussions with them at all? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Coach Madigan, Coach Keith, and, and Coach McLaughlin, even um, you know Maddie Harlow, their their director of hockey, hockey operations, like they're they're brilliant hockey minds. And you know, I, I think no coach will be the best coach they can be if they think they know everything. So you got to take advantage of the resources that that's available. And um, you know, I'm particularly close with with Coach McLaughlin, and um, we bounce each other, we bounce ideas off each other all the time. And you know, obviously right now like we're trying to keep our distance just given everything but um it's a strange time <laughs> yeah it's a very, very strange time, but, i mean you know coach keith he, he runs an incredible power play so we'll we'll pick his brain on that stuff and um you know even coach smith he's he's at brown now uh, we've we've picked his brain on a lot of stuff so um yeah there's there's definitely crossover and at the end of the day you got to use the resources that are available to you and we're we're very fortunate to have some incredible hockey minds right down the road what can a, a hockey player at the Division I level expect over their course of their time at school? Like, what can they get out of it for their life? Yeah, what, is it, what does it teach them? You know, all the different things. I mean, you know, the growth, everything, that kind of stuff. Kind of go into that a little bit. I think any situation you put yourself in, you get out of it what you put into it. You know, I think um, if, you, if you're all in, you're going to learn to work in a, in a team environment, which, you know, especially for – um, employers down the road, if you come out of a team environment like that and, and you, you're successful within it, I, I think that that's very appealing to those people. And, um, you know, you'll, you'll definitely learn discipline. You'll learn time management because you have to between the academics yeah. and, and the <laughs> hockey schedule, which I think is really important. And, um, you know, just, just functioning in a, in a society, because if you think about it, a hockey team is, is a little community, you know, so everybody has their role. Everybody needs to excel in the role they're given. And, 
um, you know, hopefully communication skills are developed as well, which, which I think is really important for any functioning society. And um, I think that there's, there's a ton of life lessons and that you can carry, you can carry on with after your time is done. What are some things like mom and dad should look for in a program for their daughter or their son? Is there, is there things they should look for? Are there, are there red flags they should be concerned about? You know, it's, it's your child. You're, you're trusting your child basically yeah. to a bunch of coaches and to a school to educate your child, to keep your child safe. I mean, what should like mom and dad, you know, all divisions, you know, everything, yeah. what, division one, two, and three, what should mom, what are some things you over the years have picked up on and said, hmm, this is really important. Parents should know this. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the two biggest things that come to mind right away is, you know, first of all, self-awareness, because there's a lot of players out there that, um, you know, are holding on for that division one dream. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's just not working out for them. And, you know, there's a ton of quality division three programs out there, even, you know, a ton of quality club programs out there that they'd still have an amazing experience. They'd still, you know, compete at a high level. And, um, you know, I think, you need to figure out going into it. What do you want your role to be? Do you want your role to be, you know, a, a third, fourth, fifth line player on a division one program or, you know, a first line, first power play, first penalty kill on a division on a really quality division three program. So, you know, understanding what role you want to go into and, you know, when you're going through the recruiting process, don't be afraid to ask those questions either. Cause I, I think that a lot of coaches out there are as transparent as they can be. And, um, you know, I think transparency throughout the recruiting process on both sides is, is very, um, is very important. And, um, you know, you need to determine where you want to be uh, on that team and where, what role you want to play before, you know, you decide this is where I'm going. Um, so don't count any programs out. Um, the one big thing aside from that, that I would say is go somewhere that has the academic program that you want. So if you want to be a nurse, go somewhere that has nursing. You know, because for us right now, I mean, you have the NWHL, you have the PWHA, but, um, you know, there's no league quite yet that you're going to be able to go to and make a living off of. So at the end of the day, you want a great hockey experience, but you're also putting yourself in the best position to get a quality job opportunity once all is said and done. And um, you want to study something you're passionate about. You know, you don't want to go somewhere that has, you know, a good hockey team that, doesn't have the academic program you want and then you know you're stuck doing something you don't want and, and playing hockey um but i think that that's probably the two most important things that you can look for um, in your initial stages one thing i, I want to follow up on that with is let's say you go to a school and you yep. know it's year to year mm -hmm. it's not an easy thing because things change year to year yep. and let's say you come in your freshman year you have a great season now your sophomore year you get bounced out of the lineup Yep. Talk about how you work with a player and tell them, like, you know, do you coach them and say, look, you know, this is what you got to work on. This is what you got to do. You got to get yourself back on track. And yep. here's what you're not doing. I mean, you know, kids need to hear that because, you know, my, I'll, I have a follow up to this, but I want to know what do you do with a kid that just, you know, had a great freshman, maybe a sophomore year, junior year, they get beaten out by a younger player coming in. Yep. How do you handle that with them? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it, and this is something that's happened with us before, like it, it really, it's difficult, you know, from a player perspective, because you're in a role, you're in a role one year and then all of a sudden you're not in as, as big a role as you were. But, you know, I, I think that that's one of the tough parts about college hockey is that every year coaches want to get better. So in order to get better, you got to bring in better players, you know, and in some cases it, it might be difficult for, um, you know, a rising player. But I think at the end of the day, if you're working with a player like that, um, 
you know, you have to identify the things that are holding them out of the lineup. And, um, you know, for me, I think you have to be very honest with the thing that's, that's holding you out of the lineup and you have to have tangible evidence about it. And that's why we have a lot of video. We have obviously our, our advanced statistics. Um, but I think it's, it's something that I hear a lot of at colleges and, and even in a lot of youth programs is, you know, you're not playing because of this, but it's a very general thing. And that mm-hmm. doesn't, it's, it's kind of a sugarcoat, you know, and, and I don't think that that helps players get better. And, you know, if you're not helping that player get better, then, you know, you're not helping the team get better. So I, I think it's important to have tangible evidence. I think it's important to identify the issue, but also provide solutions as to how you can make things better as opposed to just saying, Hey, you're not, you're not shooting well, go figure it out. You have to, you know, have a, have a, um, a plan. You have to give them yeah. a plan and you have to be able available to work on them, uh, work with them on that plan as well. Cause in the pros, they're expecting you right away to know this. There is no, there is no learning curve. I mean, a lot of my friends who play in the NHL have told me, you know, college, they'll coach you, they'll work with you. You get to the pros. It's a different world. You yep. better know this. We're not here to teach you. You, you should know this. We're going to coach you. We're not going to teach you is a big thing. What does failure teach you? What does failure teach you? I mean, I think, failure provides you with opportunity, you know, either you're going to go into a shell or you're going to figure out a way to, to get yourself out of it. And, uh, you know, as far as what it, what it teaches you, it just teaches you to be resilient because at the end of the day, if you, if you're not failing, you're not getting out of your comfort zone, which means you're not getting better, you know, and, and we, we encourage our players to make mistakes in practice. Like if, if it's a continuous, easy mistake, then it's something that we have to correct. But, you know, we want them to be creative. We want them to, you know, step outside their comfort zone, see what works, see what doesn't, you know? So um, I think it, it teaches you to step outside your comfort zone and it teaches you to develop more as, as a player, but also as a person. Finally, I always, I always end with this. What's one piece of advice that's been given to you? Who gave it to you? And what has it done for you in your life? That's been positive. Yeah. You know, so the, the problem about this one, is that, um, or did many people give you a piece of advice? <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, think, I think my biggest problem is that I don't remember who told this to me. <laughs> so, the, the biggest, the biggest piece of advice that I loved, um, is, um, if things aren't going your way, don't do more, do less, better. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I think, um, you know, it, it applies to hockey so much because, I think a lot of players, if things aren't necessarily going their way, rather than kind of take a step back and, and focus on the fundamentals and, um, you know, simplifying things a little bit, they hold on to the puck a little bit too long. They try to make a little bit more complicated plays. They try to, uh, you know, they try to do way too much. But at the end of the day, it could be as simple as, you know, going back to the drawing board and working on shooting or working on passing or working on, you know, basic stick handling and, um you know, I, I think that uh, that's that's one of the biggest things for me is, you know, if, if something's not going right with the power play rather than, you know, overcomplicate things and, and try to do too much, sometimes it might just be as simple as, you know, not not running skip passes and, you know, not looking for one-timers, not looking for, you know, jam plays. And, um, you know, I think that, that that's probably one of the biggest things. And, um you know, another one to, to put a name on someone, I think uh, one, of, one of the best things about Elmira was working with Coach Jackson, and 
he really taught me when I was going into that year, just through my club, my club career. Um, I always thought that hockey was a, you know, this is how it goes. You can't really mix things up. Like this is everybody stays in their lane, et cetera, et cetera. But um, coach Jackson didn't really give me a, a saying or anything, but he taught me that it was okay to think outside the box on, on certain things. And um, you know, it, it kind of allowed me to, try different things. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But, um, you know, obviously not overcomplicating because I don't want to contradict my last piece of advice, but um, it's okay to try different things and it's, it's okay to, to think outside the box a little bit when it comes to the game. Well, Nick, I want to thank you for your insights and your, your thought process. This was wonderful. Great experience. I hope that uh, young ladies out there who are interested in collegiate athletics, you get something out of this. It's very important to listen to the people who are in charge. But Nick, I want to thank you for your time. Wish you all the best in this COVID season. I don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. But thank you for coming on Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. That was Nick Carpenito, the associate head coach of women's ice hockey at Northeastern. Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR.